Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Internet Report's Pulse Update, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss what's up, what's down, what's working and not working, and generally keep our finger on the pulse of how the internet is holding up week over week. This week we're chatting about take twos and what happened when a change that resulted in issues the first time is attempted a second time. We'll also take a look at lessons from recent disruptions at Slack, X, formerly known as Twitter, and Discord.io. And joining me to discuss all this week is Brian Tobia, my good friend and colleague and lead technical market engineer at Thousand Eyes. Brian, welcome back to the Pulse Update podcast. Thanks, Mike. Always happy to be on. Good stuff, mate. So let's start with the download, my TLDR summary of what to know about the internet this week in two minutes or less. Outages are often caused by change that has unintended consequences. When this happens, engineering teams are quick to roll back the change to restore services and fix the issues. However, normally they just can't abandon the change. It's time for take two, and the question becomes, how will take two land? Will it be a case of second time's a charm, or a situation where lightning strikes twice? In recent weeks, we saw potential instances of this take two pattern play out at Slack. A fortnight after a routine database cluster migration clashed with a scheduled job that required database capacity to complete, causing a two-hour Slack degradation on August 2nd, Slack experienced another database-related incident on August 17th, though a much shorter 17-minute duration. Though they were both database-related, it's not 100% clear that this disruption was linked with the Slack disruption at the beginning of August. However, even if the two disruptions weren't connected, they still underscore an important facet of Take Two. After experiencing issues with a change when it's time to try again or roll out a separate change, teams are normally on high alert and are ready to stop at the first hint of trouble. As a result, any negative impacts from the second change they will likely be much less severe. This could at least partially explain why the August 17 slack outage was much shorter than the August 2nd outage. We're going to unpack that a little bit more later in the episode. On August 22, we saw another potential take two scenario unfold recently at X, formerly known as Twitter. On August 22nd, X experienced a bug that made the content of images uploaded before 2014 disappear. The company confirmed that weekend work, presumably some sort of maintenance, uh, was uh, uncovered the bug. The next weekend, X experienced additional disruptions. Now, while there's no direct correlation between the previous weekend's work and the events of the following weekend, the fact that they both appear to be focused on linking connectivity to the backend content and resources may mean that the second weekend's outages were caused by a continuation of the work that had started the previous weekend. We're going to chat more about that outage later in this episode as well. Discord.io, a third-party service for crafting custom invitation URLs to Discord servers, has taken itself offline for the, for the foreseeable future following a data breach. The incident occurred on August 14 and the service has been offline more or less since. With the company explaining, the decision was made after confirming the content of the breach and it could take some time to uh, resurrect as it's conditional on a complete rewrite of their website's code as well as a complete overhaul of its security policies. It isn't overly unusual uh, for a company to pull the systems offline after cyber incident. It happened to Western Digital and payroll and HR provider SD Works a few months ago. Nor is a complete reconstruction of affected systems or infrastructure overly unusual. As always, we've included chapter links in the description box below, so you can skip ahead to sections that are most interesting to you. And if you haven't subscribed yet, we'd love for you to take a minute to hit subscribe button now. It really helps us out and also make sure you're the first to know when new episode drops. And please feel free to email us at internetreport at thousandeyes.com. We always welcome your feedback and questions. And now let's take a look at the overall outage trends we've been seeing. 
So global averages exhibited a downward trend over this two-week period, initially dropping from 171 to 147, a 14% decrease compared to August 7th to 13th. This was followed by another decrease with observed outages dropping from 147 to 129, a 12% decrease when compared to the previous week. Yeah, we definitely did see some decreases globally. However, interestingly, looking at the U.S. numbers, we actually saw U.S.-centric outages increasing slightly over the same period. So they rose from 59 to 62, almost a 5% increase when compared uh, to August 7th and 13th, and rose again the following week from 62 to 63 the next week, a 2% increase. Yeah, yeah, we did see a difference there, albeit a real slight one. And the numbers we're seeing here are still low. But this upward trend is reflective of what we observed in previous years for the same period. And one thing I also want to note about the US-centric outages is they're again making up at least 40% of all global outages, a trend we've seen since April, except for a brief departure in the previous fortnight. Expanding out and looking at the total, uh, the, the trend for total global outage over the last summer, the Northern Hemisphere summer, in previous years, uh, we've seen the end of June and through July and certainly into August, a steady upward trend. So far this year, we've seen it go the other way. Now, we're recording this episode just before August ends, so uh, stay tuned for the next episode where we're going to do a little bit more of a deep dive into the four-month data from August and see if that trend turns around. And now... Let's discuss some of the outages we've seen over the last few weeks as we go under the hood. On August 17, Slack experienced an issue that manifested users' messages not being sent and threads failing to load. According to official explanation from Slack, the cause was an indexing change that caused a higher than expected level of requests to their database. The resulting high load errors were responsible for the impacted users' inability to load messages and channels. For those listening on the audio-only version of this podcast, what we're looking at here is, on the screen is a view of the outages seen from Thousand platform. I'm going to be sure to talk you through it so you don't miss out. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Thousand Eyes is a platform that gives you a great view into, into the entire digital supply chain. We have Thousand Eyes agents across the internet providing us multiple vantage points to see where disruptions are happening at both the network and application server levels. Visibility like this can be especially useful to help operation teams quickly identify and fix issues that come up, in addition to creating mitigation strategies in advance that can enable you to minimize impact. Okay, so what we got up here is a view of uh, Thousand Eyes, we're looking at Internet Insights, where we actually look at the, a lot of the data all sort of gathered together. So we're looking at sort of billions of measurements to actually see, and this is then how we're able to, to pull out. What I've got in the top timeline there, and this is kind of very interesting, which I want to sort of to, 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 to to discuss with you, Brian, is we can actually see where the Slack outage occurs. So we see the August the 17th, we see it's actually sort of hitting there, 1621 UTC time there, and we see the outage time is 17 minutes. We're going to see it impact sort of 161 servers there as well. But what I'm really kind of cool is, as I've said in many episodes before, I'm a very simple network engineer. I love those patterns. And what I can see here is this beautiful step pattern coming up uh, where we can actually sort of see the outage occurring. And each one of these, I'm sort of seeing greater impact in terms of the service. So I flip down to here. I can see sort of 16 servers being impacted. And then I sort of come up and I can see the number increase then to sort of 58 and so on. So, so when we're looking at this type of pattern, Brian, what does it tell you when we see this sort of step pattern? Yeah, so it's, it's a really interesting pattern. And like you were saying, it's kind of indicative of how the errors were occurring, especially in this case, when we're looking at indexing errors. So it's showing you the, the problem kind of gradually getting worse and worse as the, the backend system can't keep up and it's doing at a predictable level, like those steps are showing. So each time a certain amount of requests comes through, it's just getting more and more backed up. And that's why you're seeing that trend, uh, you know, rise up over time to, to where it was at its full level eventually. 
Yeah, so so you mentioned indexing there, and I mentioned it when we're going through the overview. So so just briefly, what what do we mean when we say indexing, and why is it done? Yeah, sure. So indexing is done for for better performance. So essentially, it's looking at all the information and creating some metadata in it to create, uh, you know, an index or a list of where to find things so that a system can easily look up something, uh, you know, when it goes to retrieve it. And without those indexes, performance can really, uh, you know, really drop. And that's exactly what we're seeing in this case where the indexes weren't uh, able to keep up. And so those requests were going through as, you know, full requests, not optimized. And that's really where those steps were coming up. Got it. So then we see those steps because we see the load increasing. And then obviously that they identified at this point here. So we're looking around sort of that 1635 UTC and then it drops off. It's almost a light switch. So so what we're saying is they sort of resolve the issue at that point. They, they roll back what they were doing or they, um, well, actually they did. They roll back the, the, the change they'd actually implemented. Yeah, and once those indexes come back, you can see the, the normal level of performance. That's why it's really interesting to see. It shows you how good those are, how effective those indexes are. And then as soon as, like you said, they roll back that change, you know, the, that level drops right off. Yeah, well, thanks, Brian. That's actually really interesting. As I said, I love that the way we can actually sort of see that. And you can see how the efficiency, as you said, the efficiency of the indexing is taking place. So sticking with that theme of potential follow-up work, let's take a look at a couple of issues at X. X, formerly Twitter, experienced a bug on August 22 that made the content of images uploaded for 2014 disappear. The issue reportedly affected old posts that came with, uh, with images attached to any hyperlinks converted through X's built-in URL shortener. The company confirmed that weekend work, presumably maintenance work of some sort, was the uh, cause of the bug. No images or data were lost, X said in an official support post, adding that the bug had been fixed, but that it would take a few days for the issue to be fully resolved. The next weekend, X experienced some additional disruptions. So what happened on this, this second outage, the following weekend, was that we actually started to, started to see um, uh, these errors coming back with returning the content. Now what I want to take a look at first of all, so I've gone back into Insights and we're looking here at the screen. We've expanded it out so we're actually looking at the window. So here we can see the sort of the week leading up to that weekend work. But then over the weekend, and what we're looking at here on the top line is sort of all these uh, disruptions or outages at an application level. So this is where we start to see impact um, of uh, of service. So we're seeing sort of errors coming across from there. And we've got it filtered just looking at uh, X or Twitter in this case, so we can actually see what's happening there. So Brian, when I sort of see this, this, this pattern where I've got inactivity uh, occurring through there, and then we suddenly see this, this, this activity, and as I said, it looks like it's starting specifically as the weekend starts, so we're looking out of hours uh, to sort of traffic. What does that kind of tell us, or what do you think that indicates that we're seeing here? Yeah, similar when we've seen before too with the the timing of the day too. So just maintenance windows, whether it's a weekend maintenance window or nighttime maintenance window, we, we've seen those patterns where we'll see that. Especially we've talked before about how you know follow the sun and how we'll see it in different cascading through different areas. So it's really interesting to look at the time of these and, and seeing as you were showing how it spikes up there. So definitely looking like this was a maintenance activity. Yeah, that, that, that's cool. And, and as you say, like, so we see these little spikes coming through the week, you know, nothing's, and these are sort of isolated areas there, but just the magnitude become come there. You made an interesting point there as well is that, you know, we, we're looking for the maintenance windows we come here. When we're dealing with X, we're looking at this social media platform. So this is sort of, you know, a, a 24 by seven type, uh, a, a type of um, a, a tool or, or solution. What we've got to find there is a window. What they have to find is a window where they can actually do this to cause the least disruption. So they obviously look like we're going to go um, outside US hours uh, on a weekend. 
Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's interesting, like you said, to see the trends of that too. And especially the repeats here, as we're talking about to see it, you know, happening both times, whether it's the same maintenance work or not, but to look at the, the trending of, of outages, you can actually then get an idea of when they're actually making these changes and what those windows might be. Yeah, absolutely. And the peaks come through, then we see them in bolts coming through. All right, so let's actually dive into this a little bit further. How this manifested itself is that we got connectivity to it. We've seen the network path was clear. I'm looking when we were looking at that from Internet Insights, I could see the sort of the peaks coming through from there. So I want to dive into one particular focus of that, that uh, or one particular time of those peaks that we actually saw from there. So again, what I've got in now, I've got into actually looking what a page load test. And the reason I want to look at a page load test is I actually want to see what was being rendered on the screen to come back, because I think that's kind of interesting. So the first thing to note here, Brian, is I'm actually looking across the, the global view. We can actually see that I've, I've got, um, I'm looking at a page load perspective in the top line here. I can see the time it takes to the page load. I have it filtered on one particular um, uh, agent, in this case in Warsaw in, in Poland, um, and that's really just sort of indicative. This was a global, this impacted global, which again, allows us to identify that this was something happening in the uh, with the application within the back end itself. So so, so the, the first thing there, like I said, so the, the page load uh, time comes in. But if I look at the map below, <coughs> I can see different um, images, so, sorry, different uh, uh, magnitude. So I can see that I'm actually loading, all right? I'm taking sort of time, taking five seconds there, which is different to when I sort of come out of that, that peak to when I'm actually sort of seeing sort of average of two, two seconds. So again, you know, obviously not, not ideal, but it does look like it's loading. And then I see areas where I'm getting sort of no, no response uh, times uh, come from there. So, so, so quickly then, what does this sort of tell us? Does, do, are, we, are we saying that uh, we, can, we can deduce from this, we've we got something that's happening in the application, or are we saying there might be some sort of loss within a network scenario? Yeah, I mean the nice part about this is and looking at the application layer that you can you can definitely see that you know some locations are loading, some weren't. So most likely it's an application layer issue, uh, you know, and especially seeing the load time is going up like that. So that's why it's really cool to see because if you were just looking at like a network test, you might not actually see this detail. And especially from all the locations like you were showing, you know, it's good to see where those were coming from. And now that we're seeing these, uh, you know, the high page load times, you can kind of then try to drill in and figure out you know what was actually causing that that page load time. Was it you know an error, some sort of content within in the application and that's really where you can drill into yeah that's exactly right and just before i go into that i'll drill into it which is the nice segue into that is 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 more so what we're seeing here is there isn't no we're not picking on one particular world so so you mentioned in the earlier when we talk about that follow the sun and you and i've talked about this before follow the sun we're doing it to sort of uh, have less impact on, on the various users what i'm seeing here is sort of sporadic as it were or distributed impact so i'm seeing sort of some in in europe there but i'm also seeing some in europe load so again this tells me that this isn't something with a distributed isn't regionally affected i can sort of see wide scale so if I then go down, what I'm looking now is that I've actually gone in, so I'm actually looking at a waterfall. And what we mean by a waterfall is it's how does that page loading, how are the object's loading and what's going through from there. And I love this view. It really tells me what's going on. So I can actually see this is the interaction that was happening. And this is what I'd have seen if I was actually a user, in this case, sort of trying to access the, uh, the URL um, that we had there. So the first thing I see if I come down to this, this, this view here is I can start to see sort of the redirects coming across from there. And then I sort of see this, this 503. But then what happens next is kind of interesting. And do you want to just sort of just take us through that, Brian? 
Yeah, and it's it's like you're saying, it's interesting because normally sometimes we'll see like connection errors, but now we're actually seeing where that image is trying to be pulled back. Uh, and that's where the, the big time and as that giant you know bar you see across the screen uh, is is the time it's taking to, to try to pull that back. And that's where those those high page load times are coming through. So this is an interesting one to look at because it's a little different uh, than your standard, you know, can't connect error or, or some sort of HTTP error. This is actually, you know, showing that that content is having trouble being uh, being retrieved. Yeah, absolutely. This is brilliant. So it's a good point. I missed out on. I'm actually gone onto that wait time, and I can see that wait time there is sort of seven thousand six hundred and sixty-two milliseconds, and that's where they're getting that five seconds sort of delay from there. But then the interesting thing, or the thing I find interesting, as you said, we're trying to pull that content, but normally what we'd get there is we might get a five hundred three coming back, which we know then it's an application. We, we, we the service is unavailable. We can't restore that um, uh, that image. But here, what we actually see coming back there is we now actually get content. So following that five hundred three. I see 200s. So if I was actually looking at that from a completion perspective, I'd say, well, that actually ran. That test completed. I can see what's happening uh, from there. The fact that I've actually got this error in the middle may be missed if I'm actually not, not able to actually go and see that sort of content. And then once we pull down there, and what we start to see, if I look at that particular image, and this is an image just downloaded, we can see that the, the .png from there, what we can see is it actually is an error state. And if you were to actually expand or drill into that, that's that little ice cream, you scream for ice cream, that error meshes that would have been presented onto the screen. We've got some problem, we, we're going from there. And this is really important because what this tells us is that we don't have a problem with the backend connectivity. What we have a problem with is actually sourcing where that data is or, or pulling that data, that, uh, where that data is located to, to come in, that sort of linkage uh, uh, problem. Yeah, it's super interesting. Like you said, if you were just looking at the error codes, like like or completion codes, even as well, you, you wouldn't realize what was happening. But digging into the actual user experience and viewing the you know the, the times and like you said, what what error images are coming back, super interesting to see what the actual process was. If you were a user who was actually experiencing this outage, and that's what we were able to simulate here. Yeah, and just just as a contrast, yeah, absolutely, just a contrast there to show you what it looks like when it's going. Well, you know, this is a page loading normally. So I'm actually going and I'm pulling all my sort of JavaScript. I'm pulling the data I actually need to come back. So again, I'm just scrolling through the uh, waterfall for that same agent of one where it was actually working. So again, we're seeing this in bulk. We're actually sort of seeing make changes because they did that um, uh, work where they were doing on the link shortening um, uh, the previous weekend. I said we can't. There is nothing that says this to link these two together. But we kind of sort of say we're actually working on the, the, this information. Uh, so we're working down a similar type of path. We're looking at the linkage to those. It isn't the connectivity issue. It's actually where that data is actually sourced in the back end. Yeah, it's super interesting outage to look at. Yeah, it was it was really interesting to look at there, Brian. And, and the, the thing as well, what sort of want to want to um, end on there is is that the work was actually seen to be contained over that weekend. Um, there wasn't much chatter out. Um, that, that we saw coming there, sort of user complaints. As I said, you know, we were talking about this is a 24 by 7 social media application that sort of people, when they go to expect to be up and going. And although some people would have seen disruptions and if you'd gone in, in uh, on, on at the time, they're actually doing some of the work, you might have actually sort of had that error message or you would have had that error message coming back for, 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 for some of the content. They were very, they, were, they seemed able to keep that quite um, uh, restricted, as it were, or, or um, uh, contained into a particular area. Uh, so we didn't see sort of too many complaints. There wasn't so much uh, going out from there. So, you know, job well done on sort of keeping that, that contained there. And again, then when the weekend finished, 
we've seen sort of, again, small spikes. We've returned to that sort of normal pattern, as it were, for sort of outage and disruptions that are going on. So I think a word of congratulations sort of in, in, uh, should be there for, 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 for how they sort of conducted the work and yeah. reducing the uh, impact to the, the user population. Yeah, that's a great point, and, and definitely hats off to them. I mean, it, it's interesting to see these the trend of the outages and, and how the maintenance windows goes. And it was, you know, like you said, kind of gone unnoticed a little bit. So, so it was good on, on their sense and when they actually time these out. But interesting also for us to dive in and take a look at what actually happened. Yeah, absolutely. That that visibility is important. And, and thanks for the word unnoticed. That was what I was desperately searching for when I was trying to to, <laughs> to ramble on before there. So it's excellent. So as always, Brian, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I hope we can have you back real soon. Thanks. Always, always glad to dig into the outages. So that's our show. Please like and subscribe. We really appreciate it. And it's valuable to us. As I mentioned at the top, not only does this ensure you're notified as soon as a new episode is available, but it also helps us in shaping the, the content of the show for you. Follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Thousand Eyes. Uh, and any questions, feedback, or guests you'd like to see, please send us a note at internetreport at thousandeyes.com. So until next time, goodbye.